We all know now that nursing homes were seriously impacted by the COVID pandemic with a far greater mortality rate than the general population. There was an exception to that statistic, that of the greenhouse model. Today's program offers some of the history of the greenhouse project from Wikipedia and two articles from WXXI News of February 22, 2021. The first, greenhouse nursing homes kept COVID cases low via small sizes, private rooms, universal workers by Tom Dinky and greenhouse homes called promising model for nursing home reinvention but are they replicable? And now some history from the Wikipedia. The Greenhouse Project is an American national nonprofit organization dedicated to creating alternative living environments to traditional nursing home care facilities. The project creates caring homes for meaningful lives for elders, where residents have private rooms and baths, can move freely through the home, build deep knowing relationships with each other more, and even participate in preparing their own meals. It is based on a philosophy seeking to reverse the enforced dependency of life in a traditional nursing home by creating small intentional communities of seven to ten elders designed to foster late life development and growth. Residents of greenhouse project homes have shown increased reports of mobility and social interaction and fewer reports of weight loss and depression compared with those living in traditional nursing home facilities. The project was first developed by Steve McLilly, CEO of Mississippi Methodist Senior Services, and by geriatrician William H. Thomas, physician, in 2003, with the goal of personalizing elder care by redesigning nursing homes from scratch to provide residents more privacy and control over their lives. McGallilee was preparing to demolish the old big box nursing home and build another when he had a creative idea. Call up Bill Thomas and ask what he would do to reinvent care for the frail elderly. Thomas is an international authority on elder care and has authored four books on the subject. In the early 1990s, Thomas and his wife Jude Thomas founded the Eden Alternative, now a global nonprofit organization that aims to deinstitutionalize long-term care facilities by changing the culture of the typical nursing home. Recognizing that nursing homes were aging faster than the people living inside them, Thomas later created the Greenhouse Project with the goal of replacing the institutional nursing home model with small, intentional communities where elders and staff focus on living full and vibrant lives. The first Greenhouse Project home was constructed in 2003 in Tupelo, Mississippi. NCB Capital Impact, which administers the Greenhouse Project, set a goal to complete 50 houses by 2010. That goal reached in December 2008. As of 2011, there were 100 Greenhouse Project homes in 43 campuses in 27 states. 
In a typical greenhouse project home, each elder has his or her own private room and bathroom. Homes typically also include a living room, kitchen, and open dining area. The homes are built to blend in with surrounding houses and neighborhoods. The greenhouse project model allows for urban, rural, and suburban-style homes. Residents do schedules and are encouraged to interact with staff and other residents plus visitors, pets, and family members. Staff members and residents develop personal relationships with one another because of the small community and home atmosphere. Staff members of the Greenhouse Project homes are broken up into four different roles, the Shabazz, the guide, the sage, and the clinical support team. The Shabazz is the versatile worker who provides personal care, prepares meals, and performs housekeeping for the elders. The name was borrowed from the Persian word for the Sultan's hunting falcon. Thomas liked the image of a keen-eyed, flexible helper, and the word had no English preset, so the Shabazz could be a new entity. The guide is the supervisor of the Shabazz and is responsible for the operations of the home. The sage is a local elder who volunteers to be a mentor and advise the work teams in the greenhouse project home. The clinical support team comprises nurses, therapists, services, activities, and dietary professionals who work with the Shabazz to provide individual care for each elder. Now, greenhouse nursing homes kept COVID cases low via small sizes, private rooms, universal workers. COVID-19 has killed more than 13,000 nursing home residents in New York State alone, and about a third of all U.S. COVID deaths have been linked to skilled nursing facilities. But a group of small nursing homes, including a facility in Fairport, have fared better against the virus than their larger counterparts. Like anyone with a parent and a nursing home, the pandemic hasn't been easy for Mary Milo. Her once spontaneous visits to her 80-year-old mother's nursing home are now prohibited. She analyzes her mother's well-being through the photos that staff send her. But unlike hundreds of thousands of others with a loved one in a nursing home, Milo hasn't had to endure receiving that call, the call telling her that her mother or any resident near her has tested positive for COVID-19. I've never felt that she's not safe, Milo said, or that I have to worry about her in ways other than you would worry about any elderly parent. Her mother's nursing home, which is part of St. John's Skilled Nursing Campus in Fairport, about 10 miles east of Rochester, hasn't had a single resident test positive, and only eight staff members test positive during the pandemic. This nursing home campus, St. John's Penfield Homes, which consists of two neighboring residential homes with just 10 beds each, is part of the Greenhouse Project, a national network of small nursing homes that have managed to keep mostly the coronavirus in check. Through July, the Greenhouse Project reported its homes had just 32.5 positive cases per 1,000 residents, almost five times fewer than the national average for nursing homes. COVID deaths were also low. Greenhouse homes saw just under three deaths per 1,000 residents, about 14 times fewer than the national average. Everything I know about good infection control, I believe, was inherently built within this model, said Greenhouse Project Senior Director Susan Ryan. The Greenhouse Project is a nonprofit organization based in Maryland. 
Facilities accepted into the network pay a fee for 30 months to receive technical assistance. The network model was created by geriatrician Bill Thomas in 2001. Since the first home opened in Mississippi in 2003, nearly 300 homes have since joined the network. Thomas's goal was to make nursing homes more homelike and less institutional. As such, greenhouse homes typically serve only 10 to 12 residents. Studies have shown this helps residents get 23 to 31 more minutes of direct care time each day than residents in larger traditional nursing homes. Greenhouse residents also have been shown to maintain their self-care abilities longer and be less likely to experience depression and suffer from pressure ulcers. During the pandemic, greenhouse home small sizes have also given the virus less opportunity to spread. My hunch, my overwhelming hunch and belief was that I think greenhouse homes are going to do really well, Ryan said. Fewer residents isn't the only reason greenhouse homes kept COVID-19 cases low. Researchers at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, in a study published last month in the Journal of American Medical Directors Association, found greenhouse homes not only had lower COVID rates than larger nursing homes, but also lower rates than other small nursing homes with fewer than 50 beds. One thing that sets greenhouse homes apart from other small nursing homes, the study says, is that every resident gets their own private bedroom and bathroom. The fact that people aren't sharing those types of spaces is beneficial in and of itself, said Dr. Cheryl Zimmerman, a co-author of the study and director of aging research at UNC's School of Social Work. The private spaces were especially valuable, considering that some nursing homes struggled to separate COVID-positive residents and COVID-negative residents, increasing the chance the virus could spread amongst roommates. A nursing home's COVID rates are partially impacted by the spread of the disease in its surrounding community. For that reason, Zimmerman and other researchers compared each greenhouse home with the traditional nursing homes in its geographic region. Even still, the greenhouse homes did better. Different states and different regions have had different outbreaks, so this study pretty much adjusts for all of those differences, and that really is critically important, Zimmerman said. We are comparing apples to apples. Still, greenhouse homes face the same problem all nursing homes face, staff who leave the facility and go out into the community. A July report by the New York State Department of Health found that staff inadvertently brought the virus into New York nursing homes at the start of the pandemic. That's likely still the major source of COVID in nursing homes today. At Milo's Mother's Greenhouse Nursing Home, Polly Boland is the nurse leader guide. Boland said staff there have been mindful of washing their hands, changing equipment, and disinfecting surfaces. Just being protective like you would at your own house, she said. Boland oversees a team of what in greenhouse homes are called chabazam. They are certified nursing assistants who, in addition to their nursing duties, perform housekeeping duties like cooking, cleaning, and doing laundry. So we are able to clean everything. 
And we're able to really have a sense of ownership of it, Bolent said. The universal worker model also means fewer ancillary cooking and cleaning staff coming into the homes, which the UNC study says may have helped greenhouse homes reduce the risk of COVID getting into their buildings. The study also found that greenhouse homes typically pay certified nursing assistants more than traditional nursing homes do, so staff may not have to work second or third jobs in other facilities, which, of course, is very common within this field, Zimmerman said, and we know that that's where there's been risk. It's that people go from one job to another job, and then they bring more of the infection back in from one setting to another setting. Zimmerman said it's also possible that greenhouse staff were especially cautious in their personal lives because of the close relationships they were able to form with the residents. They knew they were coming back to these people who they knew so well and cared about so well, she said. The median death rate per 100 COVID-positive residents was 10 and 12.5 in nursing homes with fewer than 50 beds and nursing homes with more than 50 beds, respectively, the study found. In greenhouse homes, it was zero. Greenhouse residents sick with COVID may have survived more often because they have a better psychosocial well-being, the study found, due to better relationships with their caregivers and easier access to outdoor visits with family. But the study says the mortality rate may also have been lower simply because greenhouse homes have a less at-risk population than the average nursing home. They have fewer residents who are bedfast and on catheters and fewer black residents who have a higher mortality risk and have been disproportionately impacted by COVID. Again, you're seeing a bit less of a medically at-risk population, Zimmerman said. Now we don't know whether that could relate to why the mortality was less, but we certainly would have to better understand it to see what the possible causal link was in that. Still, the study called greenhouse homes a promising model to consider as nursing homes are potentially reinvented in a post-pandemic world. Milo said she wishes everyone could experience what her mother, Kim, has experienced at her greenhouse home, a private room that overlooks a courtyard, a staff that keeps her engaged, and for now, less fear of COVID. I will say that I think this pandemic has shown that the current system certainly isn't working, Milo said, and maybe this is the start of something. I hope it's the start of something. Editor's note, Beth Adams of WXXI contributed to this report. This story was produced through the New York and Michigan Solutions Journalism Collaborative, a partnership of news organizations and universities dedicated to rigorous and compelling reporting about successful responses to social problems. Next, by Tom Dinky again, Greenhouse Homes Called Promising Model for Nursing Home Reinvention, but are they replicable? The Greenhouse Project, National Network of Small Nursing Homes, has received plenty of attention for their low rates of COVID-19 during the pandemic. Called a promising model by the UNC study, but just how replicable is it? Providers and advocates say there's still plenty of financial hurdles to cross before more nursing homes look like greenhouse homes. 
To hear John Ponthe tell it, you have to visit a greenhouse project nursing home to truly know what they are like. This doesn't look like a nursing home. This doesn't smell like a nursing home. This doesn't feel like a nursing home, he said. This looks like a big home. A 7,500-square-foot home where these 12 elders live this rich life together, as rich as can be given for their functional decline. Ponthe is a managing member of Southern Administrative Services, which operates five greenhouse campuses in Arkansas. It's a for-profit company that owns 25 traditional nursing homes in addition to its greenhouse homes. It can be a beautiful, functional, economically sensible thing, Ponthe said, but Ponthe is in the minority. Only 18% of greenhouse homes are run by for-profit companies, compared to 70% of nursing homes nationally. This lack of interest from for-profit providers is just one of the financial roadblocks that may prevent the greenhouse model, currently in just 300 nursing homes nationwide, from being replicated widely across the country. I don't know if they cost a fortune to go into those places. That's going to be the issue, said Dr. Nancy Nielsen, a senior associate dean for health and policy at the University of Buffalo's Jacob School of Medicine and Biomedical Sciences. Is it really something that can be replicated widely enough? Ponthe heard plenty of naysayers when his company first started exploring the idea of creating greenhouse homes over a decade ago. Everyone told us, you can't do it. Poo-pooed it, he said, so it just made us want to do it more. Many for-profit providers are turned off by greenhouse homes' construction costs, high standards of care, and potentially liability risks that come with things like allowing residents 24-7 access to the kitchen, according to Ponthe. They're also hesitant simply due to the fact greenhouse homes are different from a traditional nursing home. It's an unknown, Ponthe said. But Ponthe said greenhouse homes can be financially viable. Their quality usually means less staff turnover and higher resident occupancy rates. They also attract more residents who pay out of pocket. You put those things in the mix and it more than neutralizes, in my opinion, the extra costs that you experience, Ponthe said. Plus, most greenhouse homes are not operated in a vacuum. They are typically part of a larger nursing home system. The 20-bed greenhouse campus in Fairport, for example, is under the umbrella of a separate 450-bed facility 10 miles away. You can have 10 cottages, 10 to 12-person cottages on one campus, and have economies of scale having 120 elders on that campus, Ponthe added. Of course, for-profit providers in and of themselves aren't a perfect solution. A recent report by the New York State Attorney General's office found some for-profit nursing homes transfer funds to related parties rather than invest in staffing and personal protective equipment. Susan Ryan, the Greenhouse Project Senior Director, acknowledged that more for-profit investment is essential to building more greenhouses. She said the Greenhouse Project, a nonprofit organization, welcomes for-profit providers, so long as they are willing to fully commit to the model. 
I do think that it does require a mindset shift. It really requires us to think about things differently, she said. Most nursing home residents in the U.S. pay through the Medicaid program, whether because they are low income or they have already spent all their assets. Most greenhouse home residents pay out of pocket. Medicaid covers 62% of all nursing home residents nationwide, but only about 45% of greenhouse residents. While more private payers can make greenhouse homes more lucrative for providers, it also makes greenhouse homes less accessible to the average Medicaid resident. Lindsay Heckler, an attorney with the Center for Elder Law and Justice, a nonprofit legal agency in Buffalo that assists low-income older adults, said greenhouse homes should be available for all residents, not just those who can afford to pay out of pocket. People who are in Medicaid, people from communities of color, they're more likely to go into one of these nursing homes that are lower rated, she said. So with the greenhouse model, there has to be an intention to make sure it's open to every potential residence, not just private pay. The model has to be designed as such that folks with Medicaid have the opportunity to live there and are not discriminated against. Ryan said a greenhouse home's percentage of Medicaid residents depends largely on how much their state reimburses them for it. There are some states that do much a better job than others that make it a little more feasible to have a higher percentage of Medicaid than other states, she said. We've got to create models that fit within our current reimbursement structure, and we can't just create models that if you have the wherewithal to pay privately, you're golden. So, how do you create more greenhouse homes and make them accessible to all residents? Increased Medicaid reimbursement rates, according to the AARP. The Older Adult Interest Group released a report last month recommending policymakers use Medicaid funds to incentivize providers to both build greenhouse homes and fill those homes with Medicaid residents. Stephen Hans agrees with that solution. He's president and CEO of the New York State Health Facilities Association, a trade group representing 400 nursing homes and assisted living facilities. Hans said there's about a $56 per day shortfall between what New York provides nursing homes for a Medicaid resident and the actual cost of caring for that resident. Meanwhile, New York aimed to cut $2.5 billion in Medicaid spending last year. The paradigm will have to change where policymakers view long-term care as an investment as opposed to a budget expense, he said. The greenhouse cottages of Poplar Grove and similar campuses allow greenhouse homes, which only serve about 10 residents each, achieve economies of scale. WBFO asked Governor Andrew Cuomo's administration, which has faced widespread criticism over its handling of nursing homes during the pandemic, about incentivizing small nursing homes via Medicaid. In a statement... A spokesperson said the state calculates Medicaid rates based on a uniform methodology, but does allow for some flexibility, depending on a nursing home's level of care and its building characteristics. There doesn't seem to be much momentum for Medicaid-incentivized small nursing homes in New York State. 
Democrats in the state Senate Health Committee recently unveiled a package of nursing home reform bills. They would do things like make nursing home finances more transparent and create better infection control standards, but none addressed small nursing homes or Medicaid incentives. Ponte said lawmakers across the country need to rethink their approach. If they look at this pandemic, oh man, we feel so terrible for the elderly. They made a conscious decision to underfund long-term care, and what they get is what they got, he said. So the greenhouse comes along and says, with this funding, we can create this environment of care, this better quality of life, better quality of care, better quality of work life, and it's much safer and better for elders. And quite frankly, it's more dignified. Still, others feel a more tangible solution is simply better regulation of traditional nursing homes. Richard Mala, executive director of the Long-Term Care Community Coalition, a New York City-based advocacy group for nursing home residents, said the federal government and New York State need to first more consistently punish low-rated nursing homes. I mean, the problem is the industry has never really been penalized for poor and even inhumane treatment of residents, he said, so they don't change their model. The Greenhouse Project does share some of its best practices with traditional nursing homes outside its network. It hosted a public web seminar on its COVID response titled Elevate, Rise Above the Chaos, the Greenhouse Project Response to COVID-19. Ryan said the Greenhouse Project has received a lot of new inquiries during the pandemic, but more so from interested families than potential providers. She feels providers are still reeling from the pandemic and may be hesitant to try anything new right at this moment. Everybody craves the comfort zone, self-included. I mean, I want to go back to the pre-pandemic way of life, she said, but I think that this has created an opportunity that we've got to stare at face it and say, what can we do better? We must do better. Again, WXXI's Beth Adams contributed to this two-part series. To finish up, a few ideas from AARP's Deborah Skoch how family-style nursing homes are better weathering the pandemic. For years, experts have called for rethinking the U.S. nursing home model, replacing large big-box facilities containing hundreds of beds with smaller facilities and fewer residents. When I think of good infection control, I think this model was made for this moment, said Susan Ryan senior director of the Greenhouse Project, adding that home design and outdoor access, as well as early adherence to federal and local health guidelines, have aided many of its locations in curbing the spread of the virus. The single most effective aspect of greenhouse homes is private rooms and bathrooms for each resident, said Elaine Ryan, AARP Vice President of State Advocacy and Strategy Integration. The project drew recent praise from publications as dissimilar as the New York Magazine and New England Journal of Medicine. One greenhouse feature that stirred attention early on is the use of certified nursing assistants, or CNAs, or Shabazim, as home managers rather than being overseen by registered nurses, the typical system in most nursing homes. But those concerns have waned over time. 
with evidence that the Shabazim work closely with nurses, said Barbara Bowers, a professor and associate dean for research at the University of Wisconsin-Madison School of Nursing and a greenhouse expert. The model continues to evolve. A Rochester, New York nursing home built the first two greenhouses in 2011, embedded in a residential neighborhood in nearby Penfield. There they blend the suburban setting, said Tom Harner, spokesperson for St. John's Senior Services. Inspired by the concept, St. John's now is renovating its traditional six-floor, 455-bed building to follow some greenhouse tenants. Thanks for listening, and until next week, I'm Kathy Van Skoik.